More exclusive interviews. Back to the Mulberry Lane Show. Brought to you by ElisaIlana.com. Here's Mulberry Lane. Welcome back. You've got it here with your radio sisters. And right now, it's all about opera. We're chatting with soprano Jennifer Rowley. She's sharing some behind-the-scenes stories of what it's like in the opera, including her recent debut as Musetta in the Met Opera production of La Boheme. She also shared some downs in her career when she was let go from an opera production because when she turned 30, her voice deepened and changed. We're learning a lot about the opera today. Come right along with us as we rejoin Jennifer Rowley. The opera world in general, you hear about the opera diva. So is it a competitive <laughs> environment or are people pretty friendly and giving? It's a case-by-case basis. I okay. mean, it's very competitive. There are a lot of fantastic singers in our business. Okay. And I've been very blessed with the colleagues that I've been given. Okay. <laughs> and they have been very kind. Of course, there are those people that you just want to shake and be like, stop it. This is is a great thing you get to do. Stop being mean, you know, but it's such a great experience to work with people who love what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so that makes the atmosphere a little bit different Mm -hmm. than maybe you would assume from the outside. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Is there a typical path that a young opera singer would take to get to the position that you're at, how do you end up where you are? Well, you know, I think in any career, everyone has their own path. There, there's a blueprint, okay. you know, of what you're sort of, quote-unquote, supposed to do as a singer in the opera world. You go to an undergraduate degree okay. in opera or vocal performance. Then you go on to a master's degree in vocal performance. In between those, you maybe do a summer festival or a summer young artist program Mm -hmm. where you cover roles and sing in the chorus. And cover is an understudy, basically. Cover is an understudy, exactly. You know, you learn the whole role and you work with the coaches and you get to work with the conductor and the director and it's a very enriching experience, actually. So you really get immersed in it. You do. And you know what it takes. Exactly. And some people will do this, you know, overseas in Italy or Germany or... You know, and then they get a language component. Mm -hmm. And then after graduate school, usually what happens is a young artist program, like a year-long young artist program. Mm -hmm. I didn't choose that path. I came to New York City, and I I found a teacher that I really wanted to work with. And so I got a job working at Fifth Avenue and studied and paid my bills and lived in New York City. So that's where the fashionista thing comes in. (laughs) That's where the fashion came from, yeah. And my path also included a young artist program in Italy, but I did it much later. I did it when I was 29. And there are amazing programs out there for young singers. I mean, the Metropolitan Opera has an incredible young artist program. The singers who come out of the program are working all over the world. It's really incredible. But you don't have to do it that way. Some people stay in school and they study, they get a doctorate degree, they teach. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can be in the business. Mm -hmm. But the basic path is undergraduate to graduate with a young artist program and then a year-long young artist program, and then hopefully you make the connection to go out and work as a main stage artist. Okay. And you do tons of auditions, and you take your audition binder with you, and you schlep it around New York City, and you try to sing for everybody you possibly can, and it's a great time. (laughs) And I'm sure it's just like any other business where a lot of it is just meeting people, networking. Oh, yeah, and social media has become huge in our business. Really? It's as big as Lady Gaga. I mean... You know, Lady Gaga's fans, they want to follow Lady Gaga. They want to know who she is. They want to know what she's doing on tour. Our fans are the same. 
Wow. I mean, we don't have as many, but uh-huh. the fans of opera, they want to know you. They want to support you. They want to cheer for you. I've had people from Twitter bring me presents at the stage door, and they want to be your team, and it's fantastic. And that's something you never would have known without social media. Oh, no, you would never know. Mm-hmm. Do you have any pre-performance rituals? Oh, my gosh, I have so many. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want you guys to think I'm crazy. (laughs) This is what people want to know on Twitter, right? Your behind-the-scenes life. (laughs) Behind-the-scenes life of the diva who lays in her bed and watches reruns of Dance Moms the night before she sings at the Met. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) No, but, you know, I I don't like to talk from about 3 o'clock onwards the night before a performance. Okay. And so I have to keep myself entertained. And so Netflix is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On the day before a performance, cardio workout, have to have it. Lots of water. I love to have acupuncture if I'm somewhere where there's a great acupuncturist I know. Is that for relaxation? Oh, it's for relaxation. It's for your allergies. It's for any muscle tension or stress, anxiety. It's, oh, it's amazing. Okay. <laughs> so then the day of, I sleep late because I like to trick my body into thinking that I'm actually, instead of singing at 8 o'clock, singing at, like, 5 o'clock. Okay. Like, Mm -hmm. go off sleep really late. Mm -hmm. Get up, have a really good breakfast, and then gym for cardio. 45 minutes to an hour of cardio to sort of get my breath moving, get the blood flowing. I love, again, to go have acupuncture to, like, relax back down and cool down. A good steam is like a godsend. If there's allergies flying around like there are in New York right now, it'll take all of that gunk out of your throat and your nose and it opens everything up. So, and then I come to my dressing room and I turn on my, my party music and I get pumped up and ready to go. (laughs) That's awesome. We're here having a lovely chat with the international opera soprano singer, Jennifer Rowley here on the Mulberry Lane show. Now, what do you do when you get sick, when you have a cold? Steam, 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 steam. Okay. And rinse out with, um, you know, the neti pots and, yep, the, yes. and the sinus cleaners and things. You know, the, the great thing about being an opera singer is you do study for a long time because your technique is it's always growing. You're always building on it. And when you do get sick, your technique is what gets you through. I mean, I've sung with food poisoning before. Mm, wow. It was horrible, but I did it, and I made it through. And actually, and of course, the conductor walked up to me and said, oh, it was your best performance yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Of but course. You, of course, right? Uh-huh. As long as it's not on the course, uh-huh. technique will get you through. Okay. Okay. Now, where did your love of fashion come from? When I started working at Saks, I knew nothing about fashion. Nothing. And I had a wonderful buyer who really talked me through all of the designers that we were working with okay. and told me sort of what makes them important. Everybody knows, you know, a Christian Louboutin shoe mm-hmm. has the red sole. Mm-hmm. That is revolutionary. Mm-hmm. It's really the first time that people could look at a shoe and say, oh, that's a Louboutin. Yeah. Period. Right. Stuart Weitzman has that great boot that, that is stretchy across the back. I think mm-hmm. it's called the 50-50 boot. Mm-hmm. It's leather on the front or suede on the front and, and stretchy across the, the back. back. Yeah. So women who are thin or women who have the wide calf, everybody can wear that boot. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, kind of what they're known for. You know, when it came to the clothes, she sort of helped me find the designers that I could wear that enhanced my body. Okay. And that's when I started to love fashion because I started putting on clothes going, ooh, 
I didn't know I looked like that. (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm so thankful she buys for the evening gown floor at Saks now. So when something great comes in, I know she bought it. And so I send her a little email and say, what's over there right now that I can wear for a concert? (laughs) That's very convenient. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and we all know that when we look gorgeous, you know, when we have great clothes on and great shoes, we have a better day. Yes, absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. if you're singing an audition and you feel great in your dress, Mm-hmm. you're going to kill it. Yep. All part of the whole package. It is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's fun, too. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so Jennifer, on every show, we have a question of the day. And so our question today is about dealing with difficult people. So we want to know, do you have any tips or tricks in your life for dealing with someone difficult? Oh, my goodness. See, I'm so bad for this question because I make a joke out of everything. <laughs> 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 you know, because difficult people, for me, because I'm very sensitive, uh-huh. they make me sort of feel intimidated. Okay. okay. And I don't like that feeling mm-hmm. because we're all working on the same level mm-hmm. and we're all talented and we're all here to do a job. We're all here to make something fantastic for the audience to come in and enjoy. True. So there shouldn't be any difficulty, right? Mm-hmm. So In a perfect world, yes, right. Yeah, right. So if someone's being difficult, you know, in a rehearsal or something like that, I, sometimes I give them a little tap on the booty and be like, go on, do that other way. You're fine. You're perfect. Uh, I want to sing now. You know, and you just kind of make a little, a little funny Shana out of it. And usually they stop doing it. Okay. Yeah. You, you know? kind of bring it out in the open with the humor, kind of lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you kill it with kindness. If nice. someone is being nasty to you, you just, okay, great. But maybe we should work together because I think it would be better. You have to know sometimes that it comes from insecurity. Right. And if you can make someone feel comfortable and secure, sometimes they let that guard down a little bit mm-hmm. and work with you. And then you get the job done better. Exactly. Yeah. And it's more fun. I love getting up and going to work. It's a dream. Yes. So... You should love it, right? And enjoy it and, and make the it, moment. And make it pleasant for everyone else at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jennifer, we exactly. want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a really fun chat. You're our first opera singer on the show, so it's been very enlightening. Yay. And, and we'll be watching. Thank you guys so much for having me. Keep rocking it. Yes. In those Louboutins. Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Well, that was awesome. You got it on the Mulberry Lane Show. And we'll be right back with some more thoughts to help you out in your life in dealing with difficult people. Speaker, author, publisher, Andy Hoig up next. And now, taking you to break with the beautiful soprano voice of Jennifer Rowley. (laughs) 